Welcome to Packet Pushes Heavy Networking and the deeper dive into modern data networking. In today's sponsored show, we are talking with Juniper Networks about their new partnership with Anuda Networks. Now, in broad terms, Packet Pushes is focused on the future of networking. And the software-defined networking transition is well underway. It's been, we've been talking about it now for several years, and more and more engineers are using software to operate their networks. Now, the future is here, but it's not evenly distributed. Not all of you. And a lot of people are moving through the process from, you know, the old way of operation, the heritage style, to the modern style. And there's this thing that I've been noticing as we talk to people about their automation progress is that once you've done some automation, your plans and your thinking starts to change. Your your plans get bigger and you start to have more complex approaches to solving problems because automation makes things that were hard simple and now you can do so much more. So you tend to see this process of a first step from automation of a task, like configuring a VLAN on a single box, to becoming an orchestration of many small automations. So configuring an automation of a VLAN across many boxes is a rather simplistic way of seeing that. And then the orchestration becomes, um, the next step then becomes a, a full orchestration of many orchestrations. So you get this progress from automation to orchestration. And this is an area where Juniper Networks has been very strong partly because of Junos on their, and their hardware having the capacity to perform at high speed and their software focus means they're ready to support APIs and modern ways of working. And also because they built things like telemetry and APIs into the system and brought their software-defined networking package around Contrail for a wide range of orchestrations and automations. We've done shows previously on Packet Pushers where we talk about Contrail and HealthBot uh, in particular as examples of how Juniper is embracing the software-defined networking. But thinking really big about orchestration means expanding the design beyond just networking. What about the integration of network orchestration with help desk activities? What about better insights into what's not working and then activating a network a workflow to troubleshoot the problem? What about if something goes out, then all of a sudden a data collection happens and then it gets presented to you, the engineer, or to the help desk operator saying, here's a bunch of data all prepped and ready to go to help you troubleshoot. Now that is where Juniper's partnership with Anuda Networks comes in, and they have recently announced a collaboration to work on these problems of lifecycle automation. In today's show, we are talking to Peter Weinberger. He is the Principal Product Manager for Juniper Networks, and Karan Sarupa, he's the Head of Marketing at Anuda Networks, to give you, the dear listener, a much deeper dive into what's actually happening there. So let's get straight into it. Peter, what is the partnership between Juniper and Anuda about? So it is about gaining the um, aspects of workflow automation into our portfolio. Workflow automation is essentially our ability to bring structure and repeatability and predictability to tasks around anything that is related to managing the network. So this is more than automation and orchestration, like just you know configuring devices. This is actually into multiple step activities or workflows in, in that yes. you actually do around the network. Absolutely. It's it's about automating tasks that can be codified and where, you know, we can, you know, put them into a visual workflow design tool and have it execute, um, you know, any type of um, workflow that we need. So, for instance, could be a software upgrade, could mm. be any type of maintenance task, could be a line card restart, hardware mm. upgrade. These kind of things will be um, addressed by workflow automation in, in our portfolio. So this isn't different from network orchestration. This is actually using network orchestration to do something with. 
Yes, yes. I mean, it is essentially the ability to, um, you know, um, look at the task and then decompose this into smaller subtasks and being able to, uh, you know, execute those tasks with the appropriate checks and pre and post checks along the way. So how is it that Juniper and Anuda are providing workflow automation? What are the components here? So um, the components, first and foremost, is the Anuta Atom platform, which has those workflow capabilities built in, right? So they're coming in with a pretty uh, extensive set of capabilities in that regard. And we, what we want to do is we want to take this and basically connect it back into our platforms of Northstar and HealthBot to be able to achieve you know, outcomes that are including those platforms as well. This is actually a group of products. It's not a single thing here you're actually bringing together multiple different products of course all of the juniper devices that a customer might run and you're also building up with things like like northstar and healthbot as well yes yes so that that is part of the plan right now it is um the the, the core offering will be with anuta atom and we will expand the integration points with northstar and healthbot over time hmm. Now, this also works for multi-vendor platforms because the Anuda platform, as we'll probably talk about later in the show, works with a wide range of equipment, but also with a wide range of other tools. So that is, it's able to consume APIs from other software-defined networking technologies, maybe some SD-WAN stuff or well, uh, whatever. It's not just limited to you know uh, some tools that we're talking about here today. We're just focusing on those to keep it relevant. Right, right. So, uh, you know, uh, multi-vendor was really important for us, you know, just because every time you go and talk to uh, specifically service provider customers, uh, you get to ask the question, oh, can you can you manage a, um, you know, Nokia platform? Can you manage a Cisco platform? And we absolutely want to be able to do that. So does that mean you're using industry standards, things like Yang, things like OpenConfig? Yes, Yang is uh, one of the main pieces why we chose to work with Anuta Networks. And, you know, it is absolutely about uh, the standards that we're building out. So, in fact, we are right now uh, talking um, about an integration with a customer who basically says, okay, I'm going to give you Yang models for, um, you know, layer 3 VPN, layer 2 VPNs, and please provide me the open config underfitting in order to be able for me to program my network. So, absolutely. Hmm. So why uh, this partnership in particular? What about Anuda and Juniper? What did you guys think you could do well together? Well, it's a great fit, right? Um, you know, again, if we uh, look at uh, what we have on the track today, um, you know, what, what uh, Anuta brings to the table was something that we, we didn't do, um, you know, in the past. And so, um, you know, they give us the ability to do service provisioning, workflow automation, configuration compliance, all of these things are really important. And basically, every other day we get on call with customers, we say, can you help us automate our software upgrade? Can you help us check mm -hmm. whether the configuration across the network is complying to a particular policy. Hmm. Right. So this is more than just, you know, the, the traditional configuration activities. You're actually pulling up workflows. You're not just saying, do this, do this, do this. You're actually trying to say, if this, then that, then this. And if this happens, do this, 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 and this. And maybe, you know, and, and then you also want to actively click a button and say, then go and do that sort of stuff. It's not the traditional click, you know, press act model. Oh, no, no. It, it, and the reason why this is important is because we want to be able, during the execution of the workflow, to be able to check, you know, has the first step worked? Do we have a, you know, positive result? Can we go on to the next step, right? So you, every time you're configuring something, you kind of end up in a mini closed loop where you 
check whether the result is okay, and then you go on with the next step. Otherwise, you need to kind of see where where, where you are and may potentially roll back and see where things are broken. So yes, it's absolutely not only about com- configuration, but also taking input from the network, be it through KPIs or events, in order to be able to perform those workflows. So let's bring Kieran into the conversation. Uh, there's a lot of approaches to automation and orchestration. Kieran, how can you help the audience understand how workflow is different from, you know, writing some Python scripts or using Napalm or working with Ansible, for instance? If you look at the network automation as a whole, the adoption hasn't been that great. No, the main barrier is the fear of getting started, right? So there is this perception that you need to be a programmer, you need to know logic, all kinds of decision logic and everything. So there's a lot of fear. We are taking that away with the low-code approach. Let me explain with uh, a story that I have recently. My son is seven-year-old and I wanted to teach him programming, right? In my traditional way, I started explaining him what is variables, what is functions. He immediately gave up. He said, this is too complex. Then I introduced him to scratch programming. I don't Mm. know if you're familiar. It's just simple building blocks, drag and drop. What happens is he doesn't need to know the full semantics, validation, libraries, all that, but he can immediately put together a few things. And Mm. the most important thing is he can see the value right away. For example, he can animate his favorite object within minutes. That's the same kind of uh, impetus we can give to network automation teams because they can quickly get started, reuse some existing libraries, and then connect some building blocks. Of course, add their own secrets or their own business logic, but they can show value to the business right away. So that's Mm. the kind of uh, concept we are going after with low-code automation. I've got a big thing in my bonnet about low-code automation recently because I've started to see uh, software tools for network operations to actually literally be, you know, drag and drop of activities because a lot of what we do is repetitive. It's the same over and over. And really what you want to do is say, I want this action to use this data and do this. And a lot of it doesn't need to be hand-coded. It can be done in a graphical interface. Exactly. And it's very um, similar across industries, you know, configuring BGP, configuring software upgrades. These these are kind of standard practices. So we have kind of created a reusable libraries, which simplifies the process and they can get started immediately. Um, if, of course, we can use the existing Ansible Python scripts. So uh, the low-code automation that we are talking today is complementary to all the work that Mm. the network engineers have already done, but then we are wrapping it up by tying it with the rest of the ecosystem. Uh, Greg, as you mentioned, you know, any network operation you take, it has to integrate with some external systems like ServiceNow, IPAM, Certificate Manager, Syslog Managers. So so we give you a canvas mm. where you can drag, drag and drop and integrate this workflow to show the business value. I want to just jump into, you said something really interesting there that I just want to trigger because I've this week we've seen a number of pro, uh, issues around certificates. Uh, for example, browser makers have announced that they won't support certificates that are longer than one year. And we've also seen problems where people have been able to grab certificates uh, through vulnerabilities. So what 
let's just walk through that quickly. What you're saying here is, let's say I'm configuring a VPN server, a VPN device, and I need a certificate. I can configure a NUTA using a graphical designer to go off and fetch a certificate from your CA infrastructure to deploy it to the device. Or maybe your router has a web interface and you want to update the, the certificate there for the HTTPS, and you can do that using an, an Anuta Atom workflow. Exactly. So anytime you have a stateless automation where you go through sequence of steps, sometimes you may have to take input from the user. Sometimes you have to get data from external systems and maybe you run some business logic or maybe you have to wait a certain period. All of those constructs are building blocks in our low-code canvas. You simply drag and drop. In majority of cases, we probably have a library that does for you, like validate a certificate is probably a library that we already created. You just mm -hmm. drag and drop. But of course, we, we can integrate with whatever systems that you currently have. That's that. Oh, but you're taking away all the fun. I could have spent weeks working out a Python script to validate CAs and deciding which sub-library to go and download. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure, Greg, there are so many other ways to have fun in networking. <laughs> I think so. But I'm just, I'm sort of poking gentle fun. I mean, I, you know, the idea is sometimes you get lost in your tools. You spend so much time focusing on your tools, you forget where the outcome is. And this is sort of the thing where I think about that. I guess the, uh, this ability really drives users to do things for themselves. So having a builder, a workflow builder like this, would change the way um, that I can start to make things work for me and I don't need to put in a massive amount of effort, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. You don't have to fix the flight in the air. You can create your own uh, sandbox, right? Uh, just like uh, any production grid software, we give you a sandbox environment. You can define your workflow. You can test it out. And of course, you can go through code review process. You can have mm. different teams validate your assumptions, uh, execute it in a, in a safe uh, environment. Mm. And then when you're ready, you actually deploy this into your production. And we can integrate with all kinds of approval processes. We can integrate with any GitLab or any DevOps uh, tools like Jenkins. So we can, um, we can adopt to the CICD best practices. So there's some sideways integration there. So if you had some other DevOps stuff going on and say your developers want to do an, an automated deploy, and that required some sort of network changes, firewall rules or load balancer configurations or, you know, perimeter setup or something like that, I can still consume Atom as a, as a service provider. It's not all downwards. It's also northwards. Yes, exactly. So we can give you the revision control and you can say, okay, in this first phase, I'm going to integrate with the IPAM and get it approved. And then in the second phase, you you continue to expand the workflow. Maybe now you have to integrate with service now. Maybe you have to uh, fetch some additional data from the user. Like So you can have different revisions of your workflow, and that can be part of the CICD uh, pipeline as well. Okay, so a couple of things I just want to emphasize because I think it's important because of people's um, uh, anxiety around automation. So you are saying that there are opportunities to build in checks, to build in code review, to build in an opportunity to sort of bring the process to a halt and say, wait, is it going as we wanted? What about rollback? 
Yes. So quite often um, you, you can define a workflow and then you augment it with a rollback. Let's say you are migrating a configuration, right? Um, you can do the configuration, have the workflow run up to a point, then open a ticket, have the operator review it. And then the operator could say, I approve this config migration, then it will continue and finish the workflow. But on the other hand, if he's not happy, he has the option to roll back and the rollback will basically undo all the commands in the same sequence it has started. So definitely our goal is to enable the network automation engineer to gain trust into the system, insert all the checks and balances. And of course, once they are happy, it can do full automated um, activities at very high scale. And one other thing I wanted to ask is it, the, the use cases we've been discussing or the examples we've been given has been sort of a network engineer initiating a task. Can I also configure this to trigger automatically based on some data point? Yes, exactly. So that's the beauty of the workflow. It's bi-directional. By that, I mean the operator can initiate something like, you know, he wants to change the password. He wants to change the SNMP string. He wants to upgrade the software. Those are all operator-initiated examples. Now, what if you can create some sort of flow and you're wait monitoring that flow? And then based on some stats, could be like number of packet drops, CPU thresholds, you you can create all kinds of checks and balances and if it violates those thresholds um, the atom notification engine can actually trigger the workflow and so it can go in and it can fetch all the required data from their devices and, and attach it to the to the ticket so the operator can look into it so one big advantage is as you said you know it's it doesn't require the operator to be there all the time but when the incident happens that's the most important thing it, atom is able to issue commands capture data when the incident actually happened and then attach all of that to a service now ticket. So now the operator has a lot more context to debug this. Mm. I think Peter made a good point yeah. earlier when he talked about using uh, a NUDA Atom to restart a line cut. If you've got a line cut in a device that's playing up and you know, you know you're working through the issue to, with the, to get it fixed and you think that restarting the line cut fixes the problem, you could just say, well, what we know is that if this happens, restarting the line cut fixes the problem. You can build an automation around that. Uh, which brings me to the idea, Peter, where um, automation has tricks or approaches to it, and one of them is closed-loop automation. And I think that's worth covering here to yep. assure people that there are ways to design your automation so that it's reliable and trustable. Yeah, so closed-loop automa uh, automation can really mean a whole, a whole lot of different things. Essentially what it means is that you, you kind of implement a feedback loop and whatever you put into the network in terms of either hardware or configuration, you want to measure and monitor that. And then based on that measuring and monitoring, you might discover there's something not going as, as planned, right? So for instance, let's take the example of a particular service that has been deployed, right? It has been deployed with a particular, uh, you know, service level objective, you know, I want to avoid packet loss of, you know, you know, in, in a particular, uh, you know, um, sense. And, um, 
um, you, you know, you go on and measure that. And now you see yeah, there's a link that kind of is maybe not really black and white going out and in, but rather, you know, it lo loses packets, um, you know, once in a while and it, it kind of is a problem. So what you could do is you could say, okay, that's a problem for my service. You know, let me figure out, first of all, how to drain that link from traffic, right? So I could send a message to Norstar, right, from Healthbot to Norstar and say, you know, Norstar, please reroute all the LSPs that we have provisioned over that link, make sure the link is trained. And then from here on out, I could say, um, Atom, please execute a workflow to restart the line card or to issue an RMA process or to, you know, start something that is, uh, you know, involving a line card replacement. So, so these kind of closed loop actions um, are not only about like, okay, something's going away, but also maybe a service is degrading and I can do something about it before the customer, you know, calls in and says, hey, my service is bad. I think I think the important part about closed loop automation is, uh, simplistically, is you go and do something, and then you go and check that the something was done and that it's working. You don't just make the change and then cross fingers or flag to the operator and say, "Go and check that it's oh, yeah. working." Why not run yeah. an automation and say, "We did this, and traffic seems to be flowing." Right? You know, we've done a yeah. test because that's the and that's the point about closed loop automation is that you you, de you detect an issue, you monitor it, you act on the issue. The question is you should now be monitoring to detect that the issue is resolved. And if it's not, you should flag it, that the, the automation ran and that, that something needed to be done. And that is not like building workflows like that is actually quite a trick, right? You've got to, once you've built the workflows, you've got to activate them. Absolutely, yeah. So building the workflows is one thing. The other thing is, you know, how do we get to, um, you know, put together the monitoring and the workflow execution? And this is where the magic comes in, where you basically need to understand the problem, analyze it, potentially figure out the root cause in order to be able to pick the right remediation workflow in order to, you know, resolve the situation. So when we've got these workflows and we've got to action them. I think the thing that I want to talk about a little bit more is how Juniper Networks does this in their network. So you've got the Northstar SDN controller, which is the platform that does the quite complex part of actually setting up the MPLS. So whether you're using yes. segment routing or MPLS TE or whatever flavor of MPLS you've got in your network, and maybe you've got lots. And Nuda is not making those decisions. It's actually using functions inside of Northstar or using HealthBot to monitor the network and go like, oh, this device is showing signs of an issue. This SFP is failing or this optical transceiver is Correct. not running at strength. So these workflows are really quite complex in a way. Yeah, they could be. I mean, um, specifically if you need to integrate with, um, we, you know, with other systems. And this is where, you know, our work comes in. We want to be able to integrate them so they can work out of the box, right? If you have your LSPs managed and you have a full control of, um, you, you know, all your MPLS network through uh, Northstar, and now you see through, let's say, HealthBot that something's not working, um, there's an impairment that you need to address, you can ask Northstar to perform a certain action, namely to reroute the traffic, to drain the link, or mm. to just reroute the most important traffic because, you know, the latency might be impacted. And then you can take your time in order to fix the problem through the workflow automation on top, right? Hmm. And I think that's important. There's actually multiple parts of the Juniper portfolio that come into play here. And this is where the cooperation between Juniper and Anuda is very interesting, I think, is because, um, Peter, you were saying that uh, the Juniper is actually going to support the Anuda product in the field. So you, I can ring 
the juniper tack and you'll take the call Correct. for the first was the support part yes and we will take the call and then we'll have um uh, the the folks of anuta you know kind of in the back end helping us with re, re resolving the the issue but we will also you know be there for any type of systemic issues right so if there's a health port integration with um uh, with anuta we will take care of that as well so obviously it's not going to be only a product point support but also kind of a solution level um support at at this point all right. So uh, this may be a good time then to talk about how these components are working together. We've mentioned three specific things. There's a new to Atom, there's a North Star from Juniper, and there's HealthBot from Juniper. Can you talk about individually what these three items do and then how they're working together. So Anuta uh, will help us with the capabilities of device lifecycle management and all the workflow-related as aspects around that. They will also help us with um, the service orchestration. Right, so they will uh, be able to get um, you know services into the network based on um, you know service uh, models that are either you know um, IETF based or something that we come up with, and um, or the customer comes up with, and they will put this into the network. So basically, they will take on the task of configuring the service into the network. But they can also help us in actually triggering a monitoring uh, playbook on HealthBot in order to then measure and monitor that very service that has been deployed, right? So that's all already a, a workflow, if you will. And then, um, you know, if you want to deploy a service that has a particular um, underlying uh, guarantee associated with that, so let's say you want to do a low latency slice in a 5G network, you will have to have an integration with Northstar to be able to say, okay, this new VPN, it's going to serve a particular slice. We need a low latency path from point A to B. So you will have to uh, address Nostra in order to say, okay, you know, I'm going to set up the LSP or I'm going to set up a uh, flex algo topology in order to satisfy that demand. And then only then you can basically call the service provisioned. Mm -hmm. If you have the provisioning in place, the monitoring in place, and the underlying SLP in place, uh, LSP in place. Mm. I think okay. the critical part here is actually the HealthBot part because HealthBot is the software platform uh, that Juniper has, which does analytics. It pulls the data from the devices. Correct. And it can build a bunch of predictions about the state of the network. This circuit is overloaded. This SFP is moving to a failure condition. Um, it, the, the name kind of doesn't um, convey just how strategic this product is, I think, in terms of maintaining a network predictively and seeing stuff before it actually happens, right? Yeah, I agree. And then this is this is really our aspiration here to have a network that is fully lifecycle managed, but has the ability to predict failures, right? I mean, we mm. want to shrink meantime to repair to virtually zero. I mean, we would like to be able to re replace the line card before it fails to, you know, reroute an yeah. LSP before it completely goes bad. And this is where the ML and AI yeah. capabilities, predictive analytics come in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, okay. Northstar's doing the path calculations and the path optimization, or what they call transport management these days. <laughs> so just so I have it in my mind, I'm going to sort of map it out. Sure. Uh, New to Atom is a software package, a software platform um, that can do the workflow and can help me automate and do configuration management on across all my devices. Northstar is a controller for my WAN. Uh, and then HealthBot is uh, a software package that's collecting streaming telemetry from a variety of devices and can do analytics uh, and predictive analytics on the information it's collecting. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, great. All right, so that's how all these things are fitting together. Let's maybe talk about some use cases then. How, you know, what kind of benefits am I going to get from this integration? 
So Im imagine you have to um, deploy, and this go back to, goes back to the previous example. Imagine you have to deploy a network slice that has, um, you know, for 5G that has a particular latency expectation, right? Um, what you need to do is a set of complex tasks, right? You need to figure out what is the, um, what is this, how is the service presented? Is it a layer 3 VPN? Is it a layer 2 VPN? And how do I uh, configure this into the network? Then you need to figure out how do I monitor this? How do I make sure that, um, you you know, I have the monitoring in place in order to be able to tell whether I'm actually delivering to my originally articulated service level objective. Right. And then you need to have the hooks in order to be able to, uh, you know, to provision the underlying path. And so, so the higher order value that we will be providing here is the integration of those products in order for you to have a single entry point from a northbound perspective. Hey, I want to have a new slice with a particular set of um, objectives. And then basically Anuta will help us proliferate all the tasks around this in order to be able to provision, um, monitor, mm. and, and set up the slides properly. Okay, so I would use Anuda to build out the workflow for this specific task, uh, and then uh, through and then Northstar goes out and actually handles the provisioning of the links, and HealthBot is monitoring to make sure I'm yeah. actually meeting my SLAs. Exactly. Okay, and then that becomes a feedback loop where if there's an SLA drift, then I can kick off a workflow through Anuda to have Northstar do X, Y, and Z to bring it back into uh, compliance? Yes, yes. You can do all those maintenance actions that we talked about, right? You can um, you, you can upgrade the hardware, you can upgrade the software, you can drain other traffic from the faulty network element. You know, everything kind of in a make-before-break type of fashion. Mm -hmm. And and so this this becomes a really nice package for you to, you know, fully manage this. I think there's a, there's a bunch of really interesting things here because this means that uh, HealthBot is part of the closed loop because it's the thing that's testing the validation. It detects the condition and can also validate the post-change condition. Northstar is the execution engine, but Adam is, Anuta Adam is also then building together a series of actions. So it can read the data from HealthBot and then action in Northstar and then go back to HealthBot. But Adam's also Kieran multi-vendor too, isn't it? It's not just limited to Juniper equipment. We have to respect the fact that many people's networks are multi-vendor. They've got firewalls, they've got load balancers, they've got DPI devices, and you know who knows what else in there. Yes, exactly, uh, Greg. You know, uh, for good or bad, it's multi-vendor, and you don't have to uh, have a make a choice. You don't have like five different management stations for five vendors, and uh, you know, for example, we worked with a media and entertainment company, right? Their use case is, I want to migrate from IPv4 to IPv6. And they have a variety of vendors like Cisco, Juniper, uh, Palo Alto, F5, right? So they, we created this workflow for them where it's uh, vendor agnostic. So any migration, config migration requires basic pre-checks, you know, whether mm -hmm. the device is operational or not. Um, is it matching the corporate standards? So we we worked with them to create a vendor agnostic business logic. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, there is an approval sequence we integrated with their uh, service now. Once they say it's ready to migrate, the, the, the workflow goes through this actual steps of generating the configuration for IPv6. 
and and then it will push the configuration it it can do some post checks make sure you know the mm. device is still operational the number of neighbors is still the same um that, so you can have like bunch of post checks and only when it's successful it updates the ticket saying i have upgraded the configuration on this device so earlier they used to do all of this manually and they were migrating eight devices per week and when we implemented workflow um, the net effect is that now they are migrating 300 devices per week so that's like 30 times boost in productivity with the same yeah. team team members huh. mm. and something i should say here as well is that Healthbot and Northstar are not proprietary to Juniper. They are also multi-vendor Correct. too, aren't they, Peter? Yeah. Yes, yes, they are multi-vendor. So the whole software stack that we're building is supposed to be multi-vendor. We, we don't want to lock anybody in mm-hmm. and out. Um, so, yeah, we, we are fully inclusive at this point. Um, I, I wanted to add one more thing, if I may. You, you know, there's, there's an aspect of um, multi-vendor that pertains to extensibility. And this was also important, you know, when we talked about, like, you know, who do we partner with? How do we go forward here, right? Um, you have extensibility on uh, various um, products within the Juniper portfolio already, but with Atom, you're getting the ability, uh, you know, to build your own service models, to build your own workflows, you know, as, a, as an operator or with help if you want to. And so you don't really have to wait, wait for the vendor to actually drop another feature because it's all hard-coded and, you know, you have the next service that you want to de- deploy, but, it, you know, it, will, it you know, it will, you have to wait for the vendor to drop it. No, here we, we're having the ability to actually, uh, you know, go way more agile and give give the operator the ability to move on their own. I'm curious, speaking of, of use cases again, are there sort of easy wins or quick wins that if I'm going to roll out this combination of products that, you know, I can go back to the boss and say, look, we did this uh, right out of the gate. What, what are some things that are, are common use cases uh, in this combination? Um, I would say compliance is a big winner. Um, Anuta Atom can reconcile the configuration, look for any config drifts, immediately generate a report. Uh, you know, maybe the NTP server is wrong, maybe, maybe the community string is wrong. So these are like uh, you know uh, manual errors that creep creep up in the networks. So there you can easily create a health of the infrastructure and create a report. And, and with, with Atom and with the Northstar integration, you can actually resolve some of these violations uh, for a quick win as well. So I guess the next question here is, this is the start of the announcement or the first phase of an engagement between Juniper and Anuda. Is there a future path here? Where do we go next? We get very good feedback whenever we work um, with uh, large enterprises. The network automation is top of mind, but uh, but it's difficult for them to get started. And low code is the best way to get started. We want to build upon that momentum. We want to build more developer friendly tools, create like a, a IDE kind of environment from for the developers, so we can provide more context-sensitive help. Hey, mm. you're working on 
on the BGP workflow, these are the 15 uh, routines that were already on GitHub. Maybe you want to reuse them. That kind of context-sensitive help we want to build into this uh, this workflow builder. And then debugging is another big big uh, big focus for us. We want the operator, I mean the admins, to create all kinds of breakpoints, look into the status of each of these workflows. How do you do it at massive scale? So you need to troubleshoot hundreds of workflows. How can you pinpoint where a particular workflow is missing? All mm. of those things are area of focus for us. Uh, we will continue to build more libraries so that simplifies the time to market for uh, for all of these workflows. i got to say, Kieran, that really sounds like customer feedback because you guys have been doing this for four or five years now. You've got customers with tens of thousands of devices under operation. And that troubleshooting of workflows at that sort of scale has to be a key pain point that customers are telling about. Yes, exactly. And also for our own support teams too, right? Um, when they are troubleshooting, um, they, they need more tools and naturally that will help the customers as well. So uh, all around, uh, this is a big area of focus for us. Um, as as you are familiar with Anuta, right? Uh, we, we've been at this for a long time and with workflows, uh, we are getting uh, significant feedback from the customers and very positive so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for, for the solution, from a solution level perspective, you know, we want to come out with out-of-the-box capabilities that um, that that work on the integration of the products, right? So, for instance, um, automated workflow, uh, work uh, flow-through provisioning of, of services with, you know, uh, automated SLA compliance checks, um, SLA management uh, with, um, with with Nostra. So these things uh, will, in the future, come out of uh, the box uh, when when you purchase the the, the solution of the products. Hmm. I think that's really interesting, and in the fact is. Um, It'd be interesting to to know how the market adopts the GUI thing there. So one of the limitations of what you're telling me here is you're saying to me that low-code, you know, drag-and-drop kind of workflow automation sounds really good. Kieran, but are you actually seeing people adopt that or is there sort of some sort of pushback until something gets proven and then people go, oh, that makes sense? Um, no, de- definitely the as soon as someone looks at the low code, it's intuitive and they say, I can use it, I can show value to it. But then once once the organization goes on the adoption cycle, these questions will come up. Okay, is it only for the initial uh, euphoria or is can it really scale to my massive network, right? So mm. we at, at Anuta, we, we thought through all of this. We, we created the debugger session, the developer sandbox. We, we created the reusable libraries that get you started, but also we scale this platform. Uh, Atom is microservices based, so it can scale horizontally. And we have simulated thousands of workflows. And now we can uh, automate 2,000 workflows in uh, in a couple of hours. So so definitely that's not a that's no, that's not, not actions, that's 2,000 workflows. Yes, exactly. Every yeah. workflow could have like 40 different steps in between them and the platform is proven to scale. So not only it will get you started, but it will cover you as, the, as you try to expand the scope of automation across your entire network. 
That's something interesting to consider for an organization in that, you know, we talk about workflows as if they're sort of just two or three, but in a large organization with a large number of devices, you could have hundreds or thousands of workflows and managing the workflows themselves then becomes potentially a full-time job, right? Yes, exactly. And you want to go back in time. You want to audit, like who approved that workflow? Right. What was the state? So hmm. all of those uh, production level issues we already considered. Um, I mentioned a media entertainment company, right? They have like 15,000 devices and we are helping manage such a big network using the Atom. So we learned all the lessons in the battlefield and made the product robust that way. Now, Peter, I've got this vision of certain types of service provider engineers who are sort of these grizzled command line veterans who'll say, you know, take the keyboard out of my cold, dead hands. Is that actually something you've got to go to war against or are we seeing a renaissance? Listen to me, renaissance and network engineers <laughs> in the same breath. <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, it's the opposite. We're, we're seeing more and more... Um, you know, calls that we're having with, with customers who tell us we absolutely need help. We cannot stay on uh, a manual uh, c configuration, you know, finger-defined networking, as um, somebody used to say. <laughs> um, it, it has to be automated, it has to be structured, and we need the tools in our hands in order, you know, to actually scale operations. Imagine, you know, we have customers who tell us, hey, we would like help in actually upgrading thousands of MX devices, which is, you know, which are big, complex devices, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you do that by hand? How do you make sure that it's repeatable and it's executable and it's and, and it's scalable? Uh, you, you can't do that without the right tools in your hand. Mm. I think the, the transition here, and Peter, I'd be interested to know what you think, is that people's networks have gotten infinitely more complicated than they were. So where the CLI or finger-defined networking worked 10 years ago, Things have changed. You know, MPLSTE or segment routing is not human readable or human operated. You need software to make that go because it's just so much more complicated to configure and to operate than it was. Yes, you need software and processes and you need people, um, you know, that, that are able to pick it up, right? It, it doesn't make sense for me to drop a solution that is not comprehensible by the staff, right? So that's why, it, mm. you know, the low-code approach is really nice because you're, 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 you're giving uh, people the ability to, you know, to learn how to do these workflows in a more intuitive way. I think I heard Greg tweeting finger-defined networking as we were talking. <laughs> I, I stole that from somebody, so <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> but I really, really liked it. It was one of our previous employers. Yeah. I, I have a dictionary of terms used in networking, and I suspect you'll be able to find it on my blog in the, in the next few hours. <laughs> so uh, I think one of the other things too here is, um, Kieran, you talked about these templates here. I suspect that the operation of templates, you know, the, the business process around templates is, is going to be a thing. As you know, especially when you look at the van and thousands of network elements, and if you add 5G, it's going to have massive scale networking. Now, how do you onboard devices quickly, in a, especially in a virtual environment? You need to create a base configs in an automated fashion. And we can create uh, templates for zero-touch provisioning. So as soon as the device comes up, it, it fetches the config file, it fetches the software image, it will automatically go through the, the configuration process, and then it will 
it will update status in in atom so now you can mm. track you know where exactly each device is in its uh, in its configuration process and then you can keep a library of these templates you know some template for a low end device a template for a high end device um for high security low security so you can create these various levels of templates and they mm-hmm. can be cust- they can be customized we support jinja templates or um if you want to replace a particular uh, block of config with with a particular xml payload we can do that so yeah. like that um, we can at run time uh, customize these templates and we make version versioning of these templates so that way you can um, you can integrate it with your ci cd pipeline and and go back in time and you can audit uh, these templates uh, you yeah. can have and the old thing is i think the big one this ability for you to create a template have it and or if it changes over time to audit it and see what's happening and then to assign roles to those templates so you know kieran might be able to run to be the administrator and can run any template but greg might only have the ability to change templates in a subset of technology that he's authorized to run yes exactly and also Sorry. for forensic purposes who has changed that as well so all well, of yes, that so- is- So we can blame people for it. I mean, uh, review and and improve our processes. (laughs) (laughs) Quick question for Peter and Kieran. I'm wondering about uh, the operational maturity of an organization. You know, do do I need to be a a network engineering team or an IT team that's already embraced CICD net DevOps uh, to take advantage of this? Or can this be sort of the, the way in for me? Yeah, it's rather later. I mean, that, that that's exactly the, the the benefit here on the on the visual side, right? Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these workflows. They basically look like flowcharts, right? So mm-hmm. so it's it's a very intuitive way to manage this, and I believe this is a, a real good way for uh, you know people to actually ease into that space rather than being shocked by you know overwhelming scripting and and you know languages that they have to learn. Yeah, 300 lines of, of configuration code and everyone's got a potential impact of zeroing the network out. <laughs> Sorry, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're running out of time. I've been This has been a really interesting discussion and I think if you've been following along, you should have a little bit of a vision into the future of where we're headed and that is that software-defined networking is much more about um, doing it, assisting you and not taking it over from you. So if you're still going down the path of writing Python scripts, that's a very useful skill and you'll still need that going forward. But you can also look at tools like, uh, you know, Northstar and uh, Anuta's Atom and HealthBot to actually do a lot of functions for you. You shouldn't have to write those. And I think that is part of the takeaway here. And that even being able to use those tools doesn't necessarily need a whole lot of work in that area. So, Peter, where can people find out more about this? Oh, it's actually very easy. Just uh, hit up uh, juniper.net slash automation, and we have a whole lot of material over there, or contact your friendly uh, Juniper account team. And Kieran, what about more, if people want to know more about the uh, Anuda Atom product? Low code helps you get started on automation. And to help you get started on low code, we have created a landing page, anutanetworks.com slash packet pushers there you will find a ebook on low code we have a demo of the solution we also have solution briefs and some of the relevant blogs that you can check out so that's again again the url is anutanetworks.com slash packet pushers 
And also go to juniper.net slash automation for more information on HealthBot and Northstar, their controllers. Thanks so much for listening. And Drew, thank you for joining me today. As always, you can find more about Packet Pushes over on our website at packetpushes.net. You can find out more about our other podcasts there. And there's a whole bunch of show notes to go with today. So if you want to see those links and catch up with them, head over to packetpushes.net and catch up with this. Thanks very much to Juniper and Anuda for being on the show today and for sponsoring us. It's what keeps us in business. And as always, thanks for listening. And remember that too much networking would never be enough.